Welcome to Developing Leadership the Genuine Contact Way, where we're focusing on nourishing a culture of leadership by applying timeless principles of life to the art of leadership. In each episode, we explore one key principle, sharing our own wisdom and insights, and inviting you to consider your experiences in life and business so far. And of course, how you'll want to further your leadership development with this week's theme. Our theme this week is all about community. I'm Rachel Bolton, and I'm here with Birgit Williams. We want to get started today talking about a couple of assumptions about leadership skillfulness with community in organizations. We believe that these assumptions are important when considering community. The first is that when two or more people get together around a common purpose, you have an organization. Development and growth follows, or the organization dies. The second assumption is that a sense of community develops among the people in the organization. So you're saying, Rachel, that organizational development and community development are not identical. And I agree with that. Um, we've got the organization developing community uh, can happen amongst the people in the organization. I think it's a desirable state for it to happen, uh, for people to feel that they belong, that they're part of a community. But the two um, do grow separately, even if one is possible within the other. I think what you're saying, it's really important to separate the two out for the purposes of our conversation today, that there is organizational development, that there is community development. And I think we're both saying that for an organization to develop itself successfully, that community development is also a magical ingredient that needs to be considered in the mix. And certainly from our holistic perspective, community is essential. Yes, it's also helpful for people engaged in leadership to have some understanding both of organizational development theories and of community development theories when we take this one step further beyond the fact that they exist, that there are also these theories that we can be aware of and in it to then consciously be choosing what theories we might want to bring in and work with as part of the support of that community development or organizational development. Organizational development and community development are not approached in the same way and are not considered the same. The comparison is a bigger and more complex topic than we want to get into today. We just want to, at this moment, uh, invite you to simply be aware that they are not the same and that it may be useful to you to remember that, especially if you're not, if you are familiar with one path of practice, but not the other. In my conversations with people who are um, well uh, skilled and uh, trained in organizational development, um, when I ask them about community development and whether they have been exposed to theories about community development, um, often they have not. And so this is a time to um, invite you to consider uh, both of these uh, sets of theories and uh, the benefits of knowing that community development and organizational development 
each have their own theories and their own practice. So we're going to dive more deeply into uh, community development and um, taking a little peek at a couple of examples of uh, community development that have happened in much of the world throughout history. One way of developing a sense of community throughout history was the idea of having a common enemy, creating that like other that you have to somehow fight against. It, in modern day, might be something like city hall or a disaster to be overcome or even a boss uh, as, as something that is the thing to be in opposition of or to somehow win something against. Having an enemy draws people together to form a community. Faux-based community development tends not to be sustainable community development though, as the community often dissipates if the enemy is overcome or removed. On the other hand, and maybe in more recent times, there has also been an emphasis on developing a community by having an attractor field of a common purpose to achieve something important together. There are efforts to accomplish sustainable engagement in community around the shared purpose, as that shared purpose remains a constant energy anchor for the community. Developing community and creating sustainable communities continues to be explored as we find ways to do this kind of work. Sustainable community in this sense is not referring to the common concept of environmentally sound practices of sustainability. Rather, it refers to being able to sustain a sense of community feeling and engagement, which of course might include taking care of the environment. And that gets us into an example uh, that is very prevalent today. Um, if a group uh, develops itself as a community um, because of climate crisis and there's this common enemy, there's a big question in my mind whether that's sustainable or not, whether that's going to make the achievements that could be made. On the other hand, if community was built around a common purpose, uh, for example, loving Mother Earth and acting accordingly, is that more likely to be sustainable and to get greater results? I believe that it is. I think you know, that, that's a really great example of, of looking at sort of this faux-based or purpose-based community development. Another one that I'm thinking about is um, one that's happening quite prevalently in my own community right now, which is one around poverty reduction. And I have participated in uh, different volunteer organizations around like anti-poverty movements and the conversations in them really focusing on the, the problems and the probably justifiable outrage and and you know all of these things that need to be stopped and spending so much time in conversation on that focus that the actual work of moving something forward together rarely happened and then there's a growing movement also in the same community looking at um, upstream prevention is sort of the buzzwords of it. How do we go upstream of the problem and focus on taking care of people, taking care of their needs, giving supports that are needed, 
to to alleviate poverty maybe even before it's happening or or particularly around say by the time people get to the point of homelessness how do we focus on what can we do before that even becomes the problem and it's such a powerful approach yet it also is something that when you're so used to that faux-based community development there's the like the look that happens of like okay but what are we fighting against like where are we going to dig our teeth into this and I find it fascinating to look at the the dance between these two kinds of community development that are happening right now In the dance of the way that community development happens, there is, of course, the um, formal leader who has a role within all of this. And we want to bring some attention to that when we think about the development of community within organizations with a question for you. And that question is, does the formal leader fit into the sense of community within the organization? If the foe to accomplish a sense of community is perceived to be the formal leader, can that formal leader possibly fit in? I would say we would say that the answer is no, the formal leader does not fit into that sense of community, but instead is perceived as separate and apart. There was a leadership style that lasted for decades and still does exist in some places in which the formal leader led by fear, reinforcing that separation. When we look at the other kind of like purpose-led community development, if there is this perceived sense of shared purpose to accomplish that fosters that sense of community, does the formal leader fit in even if the sense of community is around a shared purpose, a purpose that the formal leader also shares, the answer to whether that leader fits into the sense of community is actually both a yes and a no. The formal leader's role in community within the organization and amongst external stakeholders is to be in the community by showing up and being fully present in the community while simultaneously not being in the community. It is a difficult and paradoxical stance to take, showing up and being fully present while simultaneously being detached from the outcome of feeling included. If you imagine taking a physical stance in which one foot is in front and the other is behind, it's a similar kind of situation. The front foot is fully present to the community and the people in it, while the back foot is firmly rooted in detachment from being included in the community. It is a difficult stance to retain balance in. It's not impossible, it's just difficult. And if you think about that sense of, you know, I think it's like a great physical, you could even get up in this moment anywhere you're, you are while you're listening to this and think about the balance, the shift of balance from one foot to the other and where you have to find that place of, of just right balance to not be swayed one way or the other as the formal leader. The, uh, standing on that front foot and being fully present to the community that can include what is said, what that per the formal leader is saying, how that formal leader is acting and uh, presenting with their energy uh, support to the community and what it is doing in its common purpose. The stepping back onto the back foot and you've talked about that as being detached from outcome
is exceptionally wise um, to get the job accomplished, whatever the job might be. Because if the formal leader intrudes too much with the content of what is to be done, that formal leader uh, dictating outcomes that that person wants is going to limit what the community can do together, um, is going to limit the sense of freedom that the community has and needs to act as a community in a sustainable way to accomplish the purpose. Even though that formal leader might want um, to be part of getting to those specific outcomes uh, to get the purpose accomplished, um, that, that by the nature of formal leadership, uh, that person can get in the way. It certainly is an interesting dance, and we want to add one more ingredient to it, which is the idea of a, a culture of leadership throughout an organization. If this culture of leadership exists in your organization, it's possible for people to engage in leadership and participate within community, accepted by a community. When a culture of leadership is not present, those engaged in leadership have a tough time retaining a sense of community with the community. There are pockets of acceptance as being part of the community existing. Others react against those engaged in leadership, not accepting people engaged in leadership as part of the community. This latter is sadly frequent, putting pressure on the person engaged in leadership to conform to the norm of the community or to be excluded from the community. I'm sitting here contemplating this, Rachel, and thinking about that culture of leadership um, for people to engage in leadership and thinking, um, I, I can't come up with an example right now. I'm simply thinking how powerful that is for people to engage in leadership, how powerful it is to support the community development and what a difference it could make. Yeah, and this idea of like moving from just the concept of the formal leader having leadership to the culture of leadership throughout the organization and that it it gives this opportunity for this um, dance of leadership and community and belonging to happen throughout people in the organization instead of um, in these more traditional hierarchical structures that whether or not a leader is still like ruling in that fear-based way like we were talking about a few minutes ago that they even have to overcome the perception of, of that that's what they're doing as as part of their leadership so focusing on this culture of leadership is a, a powerful way to support the development of really authentic community i think and it's also where organizational development and community development can meet like they really meet within a culture of leadership, the, the theory basis, the approach to development, organizational development and community development, because now with the support of uh, the organizational development part of a uh, culture of leadership, we have a support for us community development and sustaining community 
to get a lot of work done over time. So in these places where this meets and, and you might now be, if you're listening, wondering, how do I get started? What do I do with this? We want to give you a couple of opportunities for some action for yourself for developing leadership skillfulness with your community. The first one is to show up and be fully present, to develop your ability to show up and be fully present. This requires discipline, self-awareness, noticing, and self-correction. It requires the discipline of saying to yourself, I will do what it takes to learn how to show up and be fully present. There's no common definition of what it means to show up and be fully present, but basically it's showing up with your heart, mind, and spirit, and not having part of yourself focused on something other than what you are present and doing in the moment. For example, not texting or emailing or making a grocery list when you're showing up to be fully present to someone or the community of people. You can begin this action by coming to your own realization of what showing up and being fully present means. For example, it is common enough to show up and be fully present for that which feels good. Are you also including that which does not feel good when you contemplate what this means? There are a number of resources you can tap in to develop this skillfulness. And what we're outlining here is a great beginning in this practice. The next one is to pay attention to your thoughts. Are you attached to feeling included as part of the community? Can you master retaining a loving energy, an attitude of gratitude maybe, while detaching yourself from the attachment to being a part of the community yourself? Learning to detach from outcome in some spiritual practices is a more advanced level of mastery. Yet we need to be able to do so in our leadership skillfulness with community. As you're learning to be detached from outcome, be careful not to detach with aloofness, to be detached from outcome without being disconnected. This is not healthy for you or for the people. Rather, it's detachment from outcome with a loving energy. Aside from noticing your thoughts, it's helpful to meditate daily, going into the state of stillness that comes in meditation and supports you in growing your capacity to detach from outcome. And the last of our three tips for developing leadership skillfulness with community is to learn to create and nourish a culture of leadership. These are a few simple words with a lot of meaning behind them. If leadership is valued throughout your organization's culture, people engaged in leadership can retain participation in the sense of community. To get started, you can go through the different facets of what is offered in the Extraordinary Leadership Network's Leadership Development Coffee Breaks, which is this podcast series, and consider what might be beneficial to you in creating and nourishing a culture of leadership from all of the tips that we're giving you in developing your own skillfulness with these different leadership principles. As you were uh, speaking, Rachel, I was feeling into what it would feel like if I was a member of an organization uh, that had a sense of community and I was experiencing all, all the people around me um, practicing that art of showing up and being fully present, really listening. I can't even imagine that there would be divisiveness in such an environment 
of people showing up in that way, there would instead be a, a much more gentle feeling, a sense of oneness, a sense of working to understand one another and come out with the best possible outcomes. And I was imagining what it would be like to be uh, amongst people who are paying attention to their thoughts and detaching from specific outcomes with a sense of love, like not, not detaching from that, oh, I'm detaching because who cares, but I care very much, I love very much, but I'm detaching from the outcome so that the outcome can be even better than something that any one of us individually might have been attached to. I believe, and I can feel into that, that it would be much more productive in the long run. Uh, go ahead. I was just going to say absolutely productive. And I also was thinking about um, like how, what a skill it is to even notice those moments as a leader of, say, going into a meeting, thinking about, you know, we need to collectively make a decision about this, or we need to decide on an action plan for that and and being able to leave it at that and not saying i i need to get the people into agreeing with my predetermined decision for example as as some simple ways of starting to notice where attachment to outcome might might already be sitting in other words it's uh the opposite of forcing people or attempting to force people into alignment yes We um, also want to give you um, uh, one other tip about strengthening your leadership skillfulness with community. Uh, we continue to offer this podcast series as uh, activities that you can do to be building your own capacity as a leader, to be building the ways in which you nourish a culture of leadership, which includes both uh, organizational development and community development, as we've been focusing on. And we encourage you to keep going through them um, uh, over and over again, maybe you know, once a year, listening to a new one once a week, because every time you go through this work, you will notice for yourself different things because you'll be experiencing that learning from a different stage of your development. You can also strengthen your leadership skillfulness with community by sponsoring meetings in your organization that address real issues of business or community concern or opportunities using meeting methods like open space technology. Open space by its nature requires a non-interventionist approach by the facilitator within a well-defined structure. It also requires the leader throughout the meeting to be fully present and yet detached from outcome. Great suggestions, Rachel. Um, I, I certainly myself uh, benefited greatly in learning to detach from outcome with love when I learned to be a facilitator of open space technology meetings. Yeah, I think it does a great job of supporting that detaching with love. Well, also, there, there is something magical about uh, regular use of open space technology for developing a sense of community within an organization. So you get lots of benefits from taking one action on a regular basis, which is very nice.
we're just about wrapping up for today. Before we sign off, Birgit, is there anything else that you would add as final reflections for today? I feel so passionate about this subject of building community or developing community around a, a common purpose, um, a purpose that leads to something that is sustainable and uh, can go on for quite some time in the community going on and how uh, that affects behaviors, how that affects thoughts and beliefs. And it feels so much more uh, like a we can do it, as in we can build a better future. We can create something when we focus on community in this way that is going to be much better for our children and our children's children. So I have a lot of passion for this, and I, I, um, I, I wish so much that people wouldn't be continue to uh, develop community around a common foe, a common enemy, because that doesn't have the same energy or results. Thank you very much. That's it for us this week with this focus on community. And we will are looking forward to seeing you in our next episode. To check out those next episodes and continue your learning, be sure to hit the subscribe button before you go so that you can get all of our episodes right to your inbox.